0: Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co., joined, as always, by my wonderful colleague, Matt Basinger of SwellSpark. Today's podcast is brought to you by our partners, Emprise Bank, member FDIC, the best bank for free money, that's for sure. We're in the studios, as always, at Let It Fly Media, and today we have an incredibly awesome guest, Justin Davis of Backlot Cars. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey,
1: thanks for having me. Justin, uh, first and foremost... Uh yeah, what you've uh, been news a lot lately. We're not going to talk as much about that particular thing. But for the folks who maybe just don't know, what does your company do? So Backlot Cars, we are
2: a an online marketplace for auto dealers. So we provide a trading platform for dealers to buy and sell cars between one another, and then we also facilitate the transportation between the two buying parties or the the the, the two dealers, and then we also provide
1: financing. That's awesome. And, and, you know, looking at your background, you have worked in other uh, aspects of the auto industry, other things that are somewhat, not to say comparable, but at some point you looked at what you're doing, you're like, this can be done better. Um, how did you get into this industry in the first place, you know, coming from KU, right? Rock yep. Chalk. Yeah, uh, and, right. and tell us about just your kind of short journey.
2: Yeah, yeah. So actually, my father owned a number of dealerships in the Atlanta area. And so I was a transplant back we're from Kansas originally, came back to KU to go to school, um, but you know, essentially I grew up in and around the industry picking up cigarette butts on the car a lot, and so like <laughs> I have deep experience just doing all things automotive. And so when I got out of school, um, I actually got on with Cox Automotive, who owns the world's largest auction house, Mannheim Auctions, and uh, that's sort of
1: where I cut my teeth on the wholesale market. Nice. That that's awesome. And and that wholesale again, that's mostly like dealers buying from dealers. This is not something that like I can just go show up at, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah. Cool. It's sort of
2: the shadow market, right? Dealers buying from other dealers and, you know, most people don't even know what an auto auction is and uh it sort of put me in a unique position to come in and and create a new solution and maybe reimagine uh what, you know, what was going on, right? Because, you know, there's not that much competitive intelligence on, oh, uh, you know, let's go Build a better version of auto auctions.
1: Yeah, and so I know it's tough, but like in one position, in, in one in one sentence, how did you end up where you are at, and, and 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 why?
0: I think I think Matt's really asking is just like your background. You grew up on car lots. You then created backlot cars. But what was the build up in between that got you to be able to understand how to build backlot? Thank cars. you for asking
1: better questions, by the
0: way. Yeah, no yeah. problem. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, tena- like tenacity and like
2: being hard headed. It's like. I have always had this entrepreneurial spirit like growing up I did you know I had a car audio startup I was like installing car audio I sold like paintball stuff I mean so I've always done little knickknack things and so I've always enjoyed building and sort of figuring things out I'm also extremely hard-headed and so like and I like the challenge and 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 you know sort of say like proving people wrong. And so when I came up with the idea and me and my co-founder Josh Parsons came up and people sort of laughed at it. it's like, oh, you're not going to do this. And, you know, that sort of fueled
1: me to say, oh, okay, well, let me just show you how wrong you're going to be. And, you know, here we are today. So. A- Andy has never had that mentality as a, as a startup person of let me prove you wrong, right?
0: No, <laughs> no. that would just, <laughs> you know, be, be, be weird <laughs> if someone <laughs> had that mentality not as an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur because... It. You know, no. persistence, persistence is, is not a thing at all with entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship. Nope. that's right. Uh, so, but then programming. I mean, that's such a, a big component, component of what your, your business, business is. So where so did that come into play? into play in your life?
2: So my next door neighbor, you know, where we live with Ryan, uh, it, uh, he was actually an engineer. He was our original tech founder. Um, his name is Michael Bly. He, he had since gone off and sold the company to Google Uh, and Firebase. Anyways, he was like the first tech guy, right? I'm not a tech guy by trade. Um, And so he connected me with our uh, current CTO, Fabrizio, who's actually in uh, Montevideo, Uruguay. Uh, So, you know, by plum luck, my next door neighbor was a Ruby on Rails engineer. He was connected to Fabro and, you know, the rest is history. I mean, Fabro has been, you know, original co-founder on the business and, and, you know, has been in the trenches,
1: blood, sweat, and tears with us from, you know, pretty much day zero. My, my brother is a car dealer in Harrisonville, Missouri. And so I, I remember hearing about you guys, you know, a couple of years ago, and your growth has been pretty amazing. Um, but how, how is business, right? And I guess that's a twofold question because there's that under the context of COVID. Yep. And then there's that under the context of just 2020 and kind of growing this business over the course of the last, you know, last couple of years. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean,
2: Eric was an early adopter on, online. I think he realized, you know, oh, wow, in Harrisonville, Missouri, right? Like there's only so many options for me to go and like source inventory. And if I'm going to be competitive and, you know, sh- you know, go head to head versus other people in, in sort of a more remote area, well, I need to have a competitive advantage. And like, how do I have that competitive advantage? And by leveraging technology and expanding my reach on where I can acquire the right inventory at better prices and leverage sort of Backlot cars infrastructure to sort of fuel my business unable to actually compete heads up with other people who are just relying on the sort of the same old game uh in, in town and so you know he's been an early adopter huge supporter of backlog cars so you know super appreciative of him over the years you know without dealers and you know certainly eric like we wouldn't be where we're at today uh but you know what we were doing on a small scale was great right like we were in two states added a couple more and it's like wow this is you know six seven state you know it's a regional business but we said, look, this works. The playbook works. So, like, let's go bigger and take this nationwide. And so, that's been really the focus for probably the past twenty-four to thirty-six months is just like market expansion, going in, opening up new markets, and, and sort of doing that. And so, uh, last year we launched, I think, close to twenty-six new states. Wow. And so we're now in forty-six states. You know, buying and
1: selling cars allowing our dealers to do that on our platform. So it's been, uh, it's been crazy. So is your typical customer then, is it like Fountain City Motors is a, you know, Harrisonville probably has maybe a hundred cars or something like that. Is that kind of your niche of who is mostly using your product or do you guys have, is it very?
2: Yeah, so our buyers are generally Fountain City. Shout out, Eric, if you're looking for a great deal on a good car, Fountain City Motors. I'm not an affiliate, but great dude always been supportive, support local business. He's awesome. So those guys are our buyers, right? They're smaller, they're smaller shops, owner operators, entrepreneurs, which is awesome, right? Cause like you go in as the founder of this company, you're like, look, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. You're in the same shoe. Like we're trying to figure this out together, but like, let's do it together and have this partnership. So that's our buy side of our marketplace. The sell side are generally your franchise dealers, you know, down the road, Max Motors, you know, who has the Ford, you know, the Ford store or, you know, any, anyone with a franchise tagger generally are selling dealers on the platform that are purely just looking to liquidate yeah. uh, some unwanted inventory.
0: And they're basically, the unwanted inventory is when people yeah, say, I want, I want to buy a, buy a brand, brand new Ford F-150, F-150 pickup, but got. I've got a two thousand four Toyota, Toyota, Yeah, exactly. and they're like, yeah, great, we'll buy that car, no problem. Hey, and that's, right. that's why every dealer is willing to buy any car because they can find a willing seller thanks to you guys. Too. That's right. Um... All right. So one of the questions you talked about expanding state by state is what you guys do. Is it regulated by anybody or because you're purely providing this connection platform? When you say you're launching new states, is that you guys are going into every single dealer with some boots on the ground and having a conversation about how to utilize it? How do you actually go about that expansion?
2: Yeah. So look, we have, you know, sort of and it's part of our special sauce, right? Like we have a pretty strong go-to-market strategy on how we go in and light up new markets. And so, you know, what do we do? You know, what we, you know, we raise a bunch of venture capital and we didn't go like burn it on going nationwide without like testing it on a local level. And so, you know, we have a pretty strategic way of where we go into markets and, and the order of operations we run on both supply and demand to make sure that there's equilibrium and both parties come to the platform and have success. So like, that's the most important thing about a marketplace business, right? If someone shows up and they can't transact, well, then we're just wasting their time. And so we're dealing with businesses and like the only thing that they have is like the time that they can invest to make their business better. And so, you know, the, the most important thing for us is to continue to deliver upon our mission is just making dealers more successful. And so, you know, the market playbook, you know, again, ironed it out very early on, you know, power, pro tip for like startup founders, you know, Steven Dietz with Upfront Ventures who invested in DealerTrack and a TrueCar and a number of, uh, of, of automotive tech deals. He said to me early on, he didn't invest in the company, which he missed on a deal, but that's okay. They can't all be winners. He said, look, don't go boil the ocean but like, take your venture capital, test on like, fertile ground and uh, like, a safe space, but make sure your dealers love you. Make sure your users love you. Make sure that recipe's tight, because then when you start to scale, what you don't want to do is say, oh, well, actually, I need to twist these knobs here, because now you're going to have to do that in you know, X number of markets, and it's just going to cost you more money and headache down the road. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so a, a transaction occurs on the website. You know, the Ford dealer sells to the small used lot dealer. What is the flow of money? How does that work? Do both sides pay to be on the platform when they transact money? Is money actually transacted on the platform? How do you guys yeah, earn it's, your uh, cut? It's pure the,
2: it's pure marketplace, right? So it's a pure it's a pure marketplace like any other marketplace business. And so there's no subscription. People come and you know, they transact as a as 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 the benefit, right? They but p- have they have to be approved by like you guys, guys they and have like, to be, you build their profile for them, basically. It, they sign up. They have to be a dealer. They're vetted by us. So we, you know, strict requirements to get on platform, obviously. Uh, and and that's part of the benefit, right, of transacting on backlog cars is we make sure it's a safe and secure transaction, right? You know, I love dealers, but, you know, dealers generally don't trust other dealers and, you know, humans don't trust other humans. And so they need that marketplace component to make sure it's a smooth transaction and it's safe. The other benefit besides just providing a smooth transaction, because the auctions do that, is, well, how can I look at any car in the United States, click a button, and have it show up magically on my lot in three days? And so, like, what we've done is actually beyond just, like, hey, making sure it's a smooth transaction and and people trust each other. It's, like, creating this logistics layer and, like, fueling transactions that otherwise wouldn't have happened.
0: So so, so, when the the sale occurs, occurs, then 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 we're – is, is, does the sale occur through, through the platform, platform itself so, so then you guys, guys earn a cut? How do you guys, as backlot cars, cars, make money in the transaction? Yeah, yeah,
2: so we have three revenue streams. There's a transaction fee that the buyer pays, and, and what we do is we inspect every car, and so we give them a guarantee for you know, on the vehicle, right? We do a mechanical inspection on, on the vehicles. Uh, we make where, money. Where, where
0: does that occur before we go on?
2: Oh, on the dealer's lot.
0: Okay, so, okay you so you just, just have people, people that are, that are vetted inspectors, inspectors, inspectors more or less around the country. Yep. And
2: we have an inspection network that go out, perform these inspections. Again, that's part of the trust and transparency that we've built, right? We go out, photograph. There's mechanical integrity, and they understand what they're getting, uh, so they can make an educated decision before buying, right? I mean, these are high-value transactions, right? It's not just buying, you know, a Beanie Baby on eBay, <laughs> even though I've— you know, probably splurged and spent five G's on a Beanie Baby. <laughs> but regardless, like these guys are in the business of buying cars, making money, and they can't make mistakes. And so they have to have the, you know, the know-how of like, oh, what am I getting? And then trying to build in, like, what will the cost be to transport it? You know, if I need financing, what can I do that? And so those are our revenue streams, right? Is that We have a marketplace transaction fee. We make money on transportation because anytime we provide value, we're going to you know, ask for something in return. And then we provide financing, right? So dealers, you know, again, if you go to Fountain City Motors, he has 100 cars on his lot with an average order value of, you know, five to $10,000. Well, that's a lot of capital needed just to have an inventory. And so what we do is we provide inventory financing and flexible financing for them to sort of, you know, uh, uh, up their inventory levels or, or decrease depending on what uh, their demand is.
0: And is that with... What, who's your p- banking partner on that? Ourselves, ourselves. ourselves. Okay, okay. So, that's so that's your venture, venture capital, capital money and just <laughs> staying in we, the we bank. And uh, we have we have capital partner.
2: We have obviously capital partners in lines of credit. Uh, but you know that that was a big bet early on, right? Is you know we raised a lot of venture capital and you know said, hey, look, um, most of the inventory financing is actually done through the large auction players. And so, you know, maybe they didn't want to participate as much with backlog cars as we were getting going. And so we said, hey, it's going to be extremely risky, obviously, lending out money to car dealers and, you know, monitoring this risk. But, you know, it could be a huge driver of growth uh, for us. And,
1: and so that was a, a big bet early on. Now, our whole thing at SwellSpark, right, with Blade and & Timber and Breakout, as we say, we want to gather people for shared experiences, and we want to make it easy for people to have fun. And yes. I was looking at LinkedIn, uh, you know, doing my my appropriate stocking pre-podcast. Your whole thing is making wholesale easy. And I guess coming from other wholesale networks, like, what, at one, what were the pain points we you're like, golly, like, this just isn't easy, and it can be. Yes. Um, how has that been an asset? And, and really, I think uh, as another question to answer in this, like if I'm a dealership and I haven't heard of you yet for whatever reason, why should I sign up to be a part of the Backlot Cars Network? Look, you know, on the first part of making wholesale easy,
2: you know, wholesale is a high frequency transaction for any dealer. Um, you know, when they, they have to be successful buying and selling cars on the wholesale market, Because guess what? They have to then take those cars and then sell them to you, the retail consumer. And so this is actually a core function of their business. And so, you know, going to a physical auction and having to go check out the cars, again, you know, using Eric, you know, I'm in Harrisonville, Missouri. There's three local auctions in Kansas City. Well, I actually have to, like, shut down, leave my dealership, go check out the cars in person, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whatever days the auctions are you know, this takes me away from, you know, really marketing my cars on the retail market and and, and selling them through. So how can we, you know, make sure he stays at the dealership, you know, bring the inventory to him from not just three local sources here in Kansas City, but from 46 states. And again, with a click of a button, we can drop ship the right cars to him. So it's all about like, how do you return time back to that user and make it as easy as possible? And again, it's a high frequency transaction. So if you do this, they're going to be lifelong customers.
1: And, and speaking of time, J- Justin, you know, we, we do hope to talk to you more in the near future because obviously you guys have some very exciting news that's just happened recently as of the filming of this show. But the purpose of this podcast is let me be brief. And so we don't want to take up all the time right now. I have one more question, and it, it's a completely out of left field. But um, as far as paid experiences, what is the most fun that you have had in, in recent memory? So like skydiving or doing something crazy like that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a good one. Wow, the hot seats. Like, God. there it is. I know, right? The I fir- mean, the first hard would it be a cop
2: out? Look, we had paid experience. We paid for our entire company. We had a, a an event last year called Build. We had to cancel this year. So it was Build 2019. We flew all 180 of our team members into Kansas City from Uruguay, from Brazil, from across the United States, all into Kansas City. Um, and we did some business with SwoleSpark. There it right? is. So
1: Breakout and Blade in Timber. Blade yeah. & Timber, that's right. That is actually the first correct answer that uh, of anyone who has answered
2: that. It is. actually sounds like the wrong answer to me. <laughs> the Basinger brothers are getting, like, promo time here, and I like it. But anyways, that was an awesome experience. Sure. I mean, I appreciate just that. Just to so. be, be with your team and be uh, at your businesses. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, for, for those of you listening that wanted to hear more on the finance side, we're actually going to bring Justin back for a future episode, talk about how he really built his company, fundraising, and, you know, the eventual M&A idea of it and what really led to that for the strategy standpoint. So don't think we left that off Un- unintentionally. We are going to bring him back. It's just Justin has so much content. So we just look forward to having him back. Justin, part one, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining. Let me be brief. Cheers. Thanks.